We're back with another Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon. Been plenty toasty around here of late. Yeah, but we're, yeah, but compared to the rest of the nation, I guess we're having a cold spell. <laughs> we're not 110. Yeah, right. <laughs> On top in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, the San Francisco Standard had a headline this, this week that read, we took a San Francisco cabbie for a driverless car ride. He had opinions. Now the cabbie was Barry Toronto, a board member of the city's Taxi Workers Alliance, and he criticized Waymo's slow speed, but admitted to a feeling of extra safety. Interesting, Alan. Wow, you know, when I saw it, when I saw the article and I said, here we go, the standard is out, whatever, and and Han is out there, you know, trying to, you know, I don't know, throw roadblocks out there. And then I started reading it. And my goodness, how brilliant of him to to invite, you know, this, I, I guess he's he's the leader or the the, the basically taxi cab union or, or something he's, like he's that, whatever it is, anyway, yes. he's on the board anyway for a ride. And I mean, could you get a better testimonial from an individual? And he said, what is that? I felt really safe, exceptionally safe or whatever it was. I mean, not just safe, you know, he put some Extra safety, I think. Was Extra the safety. I mean, I mean, he seemed to try to want to say that passengers don't want to put up with them going slow and this and that. Passengers would be complaining and such. But after saying all of that, he acknowledged a feeling but, but of wait, extra wait safety. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What does he do? He doesn't suffer red lights? Right. I mean, what? Is that what he's saying? make sure his passengers get there fast. I I don't think that's what he was saying. I hope he wasn't he wasn't really trying to suggest that, you know, Waymo well, I, I go guess his, red lights. I guess his suggestion might be that if you're a passenger and you're in a hurry, um, you can tell a driver, hey, can you try to get there a little faster? But you can't tell that to a Waymo. Maybe that's what he's trying to. Well, indicate. I think that's what he's saying. But what's trying, he trying to, to do to get there a little faster? What? Right. Uh, break the law? Go through red lights? Put the person in danger? I don't think he does that. I, I bet he doesn't do that. I hope he doesn't do that. I would. I hope that that's not the way the taxi industry is saying. Hey, use us instead of Waymo. We'll go through red lights and get you there faster. Uh, you know, I, so, I know. So this but, is but, a, be but, this but is a me, better story. Me, a better story. We oh, my goodness. <laughs> as I put in the title, Hans, Hans the best, man. I mean, <laughs> this is brilliant of, of him. I don't know if that's what he intended to do with it. I noticed that Waymo didn't comment on it. Probably not. I don't know. If I was Waymo, I would seriously consider at that August 10th, um, uh, California Public Utilities Commission to just read Hans, Hans um, column here. My goodness, 
you have an entity that behaves out there in moving people around your city. And the person that, you know, might be the most against it says that he feels super safe or whatever, whatever it was, better than safe, whatever. I mean, he put extra a, safe, <laughs> extra safe. What? You know, to me, the, the big issue with these things is person and Waymo and Cruz. That's what they've been focusing on, you know, passing the, the Kornhauser touring, you know, proof of technology that these things are safe without a driver. And not for them necessarily to believe it and convince their their boards and, and, and their stockholders, yes, we can put this out there without a driver and be safe. My goodness, you have a testimonial by a, 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 a significant taxi driver anointing you for being extra safe. So therefore, why would the Public Utilities Commission not grant them a license? They're safe. That's the toughest thing. The competition says they're safe. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they behave. They don't go through red lights. They don't jump the light. They don't, you know, go through yellows and whatever or, you know, extraordinarily more whatever, and, and cut corners. My goodness, what would you want in your community? But that to provide mobility for your people. Okay, so you ran over a, a fire hose. So you went through a, a, you know, police barricade. Those are, I think, easily fixable. And I think both Waymo and Cruz have fixed them. And they'll probably do some other things that they shouldn't do. and. You know, they don't have all the experience that this taxi cab driver has. And if this taxi cab driver wants to suggest better routes, I'm sure they'll sit there and, and listen to better routes and do better routes. My goodness, to provide mobility. And of course, it was, you know, took a while to get there. Well, they only have a few vehicles out there. The demand is very much greater than the supply. Why? Because they don't even have a license to operate. They have a license to operate and they had customers, trust me, they don't have vehicles out there. Because they want to be in business. And they can be in business not only providing mobility and needed mobility and doing it appropriately and safely and all that stuff in San Francisco, but also make money that they have to make because, you know, they have a return on investment they have to show up with. And so, my goodness, the Public Utilities Commission should say, absolutely. And this business about them riding around empty. Do you think that this taxi driver, what does he do between servicing a passenger and going to his next customer? The cab's empty of riders. Sure, it has him in it. Well, in my, limited, in, my, in my limited experience in, in New York City with cabs, they're on the move looking for another passenger. Constantly. They're on the move, right? And guess what? 
they're on the move and they don't know, they, they, they're just hoping and praying. As opposed to if you have a system in which you can sense where your where your demand's going to be. And if you go the route that we think we want to take them in, in Jersey to do it at kiosks, at low points in which you know there's demand, you can now manage those vehicles to, so as to minimize the, the amount of empty miles, as opposed to having each individual out there trying to find, uh, who, how am I going to get to the next customer? And the amount of management that, that Uber and Lyft do in terms of the empty vehicle repositioning and trying to manage, I mean, they have to deal with the needs of the driver. And, and they don't do that very well. But even if they did that well, that means you can't be just singularly focused on minimizing empty miles, which there's no reason why Waymo and, and, and Cruz can't be minimizing empty miles. So in fact, there's nothing but good news in this, in this report. There's nothing but good news. I think it, it's the best testimonial. I mean, if I was, I think if I was, uh, of course, <laughs> They wouldn't want me to be Waymo. <laughs> they don't like me. Uh, but if I was Waymo, this is a, this article is the only thing I would present. Well, there, there's another quick uh, Waymo headline here, and, yeah. and we have more on robo taxis. Uh, Waymo has a post out there saying it has made a decision to focus its efforts and investment on ride hailing. It says it will push back the timeline on commercial and operational efforts on trucking and some other uh, aspects of of their business. Uh, so this is what their well, primary that, focus is. I think that that's 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 really smart of them. Okay, because you know they could go in there and do trucking, but as much as they're going to do with trucking is provide advanced driver assistance, and there are a bunch of other folks that could go out there and provide the advanced driver assistance. The chance that Waymo is going to take a, a truck driver off of a truck going on the New Jersey Turnpike anytime soon is, I don't know, maybe in, in Texas, but you know, what's the size of that market? Whatever. And you have who knows how many, I don't let Aurora have that. Okay. But focusing on not ride hailing, on giving rides. Now, Maybe, maybe that's really what they mean by ride hailing, getting rides. And it's not ride hailing. But they shouldn't do ride hailing. Okay? Because ride hailing, the way Uber and Lyft do it, is in places where they don't have sort of a kiosk they go to a park in which they don't do that very well. Certainly no encouragement of ride sharing. I mean, you're still supposed to match up with the driver. Why? That's because, you know, I guess... You're so afraid that the person is not going to be able to know who the driver is and so on and be afraid of the driver. Cruz and, 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 and Waymo don't have that problem. It's, it's a computer. And as we've learned, it's extra safe. I mean, how great is that? So therefore, yeah. when you show I wonder up how the tipping my, will work. No, no need for that, right? Because the coder person doing the coding doesn't get a tip on it. Well, they probably deserve a tip and you could deserve a tip and all that sort of stuff. That's probably good. Not nothing, whatever, but they don't have to do that. Right. Okay. 
And in places like in Los Angeles, you have to go to a kiosk to get, you, you go to LAX, you have to walk who knows how far, get how far to be able to go to the kiosk where now you're supposed to find a vehicle that's been matched up with you. As opposed, as opposed to getting in the first one or getting in line, getting into the first one. And having a line of people there wanting to, to take this thing in which you're saying, hey, uh, anybody mind sharing a ride? And everybody that says, hey, I don't mind sharing a ride, all of a sudden, guess what? You become even more affordable. And their supply, demand, you reduce the price. Guess what? More people want to take you. You have more customers. You grow even better. And there's a lot of complaints today about you know Tesla reducing the prices of their cars. Guess what? They're selling them. Guess what? You want call? I don't want to call it predatory pricing against Ford and 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 GM, but oh, guess what? I don't know. Pretty soon, I can, I can't wait till the first person to say, "Hey, we need antitrust action against Tesla because they're driving." GM and, and Ford out of the EV business by their price reductions. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Never mind. What a, but back to our look, they have the opportunity to be in a business of giving rides in a way such that with scale, they do it even more affordably. In other words, their costs as the numbers go up per unit go down. And they, the slope is really pretty big. Whereas the competition, Uber and Lyft, is what they have. For every new rider for which they knew, need a new gig worker, guess what they have to do to the gig worker? Pay them more. Because there are only so many gig workers who basically want to work for nothing. Then they got to start paying them. And then if you need even more, they got to pay them even more. The Google driver, the GM cruise driver, doesn't behave that way. What we have here is, is Moore's Lodge. As one has more and more, the unit prices go down and down. That's how we got to this point in the first place. And the service gets better and better. And why not share some rides? Meet some new people. Enjoy. Relax. And then price goes on even more. And what they've done is they've built, they've built something that needs to be a volume business, rise. And so what kind of customer do you want? You don't want the onesie twosie because each customer is expensive to acquire. Once you acquire a customer, you want them to be loyal. So you want them to not take you know, a handful of rides a month. You want them to take a hundred rides a month, a thousand rides a year. They have the opportunity to do this. 
why aren't they focused on that? Now, it may in fact be, I'm not, I'm not understanding what they mean by ride hailing. It used to be called ride sharing, which there was no sharing ride. So I guess people decided, I'm not gonna call that. I think outside of St. Louis airport, there was a big ride sharing sign. I suppose sharing. ride hailing can mean either you put your hand up at a curb, which you're not going to be doing, I don't think, with with these vehicles, the autonomous vehicles, but using an app is also a form okay. of ride hailing. Why, why, why are you going to why are you going to box yourself into using an app? What's so great about an app? How about just having the customer shows up, you recognize your customer, you say, hey Fred, welcome. You're my loyal customer. I serve you a thousand times a year. How can I help you today? You think you need an app to do that? You think they don't have the, you know, the AI, the chat GPT to be able to do that? What do they need an app for? Hey, Fred, where are you going? I have to put that in my app. Vehicles are sitting there waiting. Hey, Fred, getting right, that's vehicle what, that's, 12 that's, is ready for you. That is with the kiosk model, which we've been an advocate yeah, but of. Of course, moves, it needs right. to be a kiosk model. Otherwise, it's ugly. Otherwise, I mean, as we saw it in San Francisco, you know, they're parked, their cars are picking up Uber, Lyft, pick up people in the middle of who knows where. I mean, that's that's not the talk about causing congestion. Why, why, why in the taxi? In, 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 in Las Vegas, you can't hail a taxi on the street. It's not because, you know, the Taxi and Limousine Commission or whatever it's called in Las Vegas doesn't want you to be served via ride hail. It's because you pull over, you block traffic. It's hard to get in. Heaven forbid you should be in a wheelchair. So why not designate? Some, in fact, in San Francisco, I think. I don't know what percent, percentage of the pickup and drop-offs that, that Waymo does and, and Cruz does is done at specific points. So if we're going to do specific points, then make them, make them so that they're welcoming, they're part of the business, they're part of the attraction. Create a Grand Central Station. You know, New York Central wanted an attraction to, for people to get on their trains. Why not here? It doesn't have to be, of course, that many size. But why not make it a little community thing? I wrote about it last week, and you know, people were referred them to smart driving cars last week. Make it attractive to the community. It's someplace people will want to go and get a ride. There's half of the people in this country at this instant of time don't have the wherewithal because they either don't have it or whatever to drive themselves. They need a ride. Here it is, these things that are now, what are they? What are they? Super, super safer, <laughs> extra safe. I, I have to remember that extra safe available to take you, you should have, have to at most walk a couple minutes in a nice environment, hop in, and it takes you, and then might have to work a minute or two to the next place you need to go. What do you need to do? You put the right to the front door. If you need that, you know, get yourself a chauffeur. 
can't even park your Lambo there. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, whatever. I mean, Cruise uh, 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 yeah. is growing its service uh, again, uh, saying they're going to Nashville. And Yahoo News says if the company's careers page provides any hints, it looks like Atlanta is also on their coming soon list. We're looking for another city, of course, aren't we? I'm looking for another city. And, you know, all my, all my former students are beating me and getting them to come to their city. You know, Mary and I and Craig Phillip are getting them to come to Nashville. And Alan Herrera is getting them to come to Atlanta. When are they going to come to Professor K's New Jersey? Huh. I hope I, I hope I live that long. I mean, you know, the, you know, Marion and, and Craig and Alan, they're all young whippersnappers. Here I am, you know, about them going in the hole, you know, come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. Uh, whatever. From, from Wired, uh, the legal saga of Uber's fatal self-driving car crash is over. We are talking about the death uh, more than five years ago of Elaine Herzberg in Tempe, Arizona. She was walking her bicycle across a road when she was struck and killed by a self-driving Uber vehicle that had a safety driver, uh, Rafaela Vasquez. On Friday, she entered a plea of guilty to one count of endangerment, received three years of supervised probation, no prison time. Wired points out her attorneys cited the NTSB's findings against Uber that the car failed to identify Herzberg as a pedestrian and so failed to apply its brakes. What's the matter with Arizona? I mean, why do they have to go after her? I mean, really? The system saw something crossing, coming across ahead of them six seconds before it hit it. Did it apply the brakes? No. Was it going faster than the automated, uh, the, uh, the emergency, automated emergency braking system on, on a conventional Volvo? Yes. Does it have to identify that as a pedestrian to not hit it? What if it was a, you know, I don't know, a deer, a, a moose. I mean, you know, if you're driving in New Hampshire, you don't want to hit a moose. No, but I don't I think mean, you find one in Tempe, Arizona. Well, That's okay, I don't know point. where you there find it. There could be many things. Maybe it, it was a buffalo. I don't know. Are there <laughs> buffaloes in Tempe? I don't know. I've, I've never been to Tempe. Maybe I have. I don't know. It's too hot anyway. But come on. And the only and the person that that has to that has to plead guilty is the safety driver. Are you kidding? Not the CEO. Not the head of whoever was writing the code. Not the head of the people who were who who were responsible for training the safety drivers. They don't get off scot-free. You have to go to this person? You've got to be kidding. I mean, I just hope that, 
that, you know, safety drivers, I guess, unionize or something like that. And then demand, demand if, if they are going to be responsible and held responsible, they better earn what the CEO gets. Are you kidding? I mean, what is the matter with Arizona here? I don't know. I just, I you have mentioned many times, and of course, this has nothing to do with the legal outcome. The price that Uber has paid paid pretty dramatically from the get-go after this happened in in economic terms. Yeah, well, thank goodness, because because they must not have had the, the safety consciousness in that organization that GM Cruz and Waymo has had to get to where they've gone. And, and thank goodness they have. And as we can tell with our friendly taxi driver, I mean, extra safe. <laughs> we're not going to forget that for a long time. We're not going to forget them for a long time. This has been, this is what they wanted to get to, to be. To be, not to fake it. To be and to have have customers, potential customers, perceive it. And you know, I mean, yeah. And yeah. and beyond the safety question, and we've talked about this so many times too, it's not just a matter of safety here. That's a given. It has to be safe. It has to be what safe. We're, what we're what we're talking about is providing mobility in a way it has not been available before to many people well, this that's is what the it's all about this is well i think that's where that's the opportunity that exists you give me these vehicles that are safe and i think i can provide mobility out there that i'm going to have loyal customers for which I can, will be able to charge them a very affordable price for it. And they'll be enormously happy and they'll be loyal customers to use me repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. And I'll make money. That's basically what we've been talking about here in New Jersey. That there is there is a quid pro quo here in terms of delivering the value and getting a return. One's not asking, hey, you know, Governor Murphy, give me money to put this out there so we don't charge people. No. Take what you've developed. We realize that you've invested enormously more than maybe any of us had ever anticipated. You know, whatever, 200 billion, 300 billion, who knows how much Waymo and Cruz are losing per day today. Guess what? That's some. You're now sitting here with stuff that works. Put it to use for, for places where you'll really be disruptive. And then that disruption, I think you have a chance to earn enough to give all the folks who, who, who 
invested in you a very good return on investment. But if you go after, you know, the onesie twosies of, of whatever that are served well by Uber and Lyft right now and so on, good luck. They'll have you for lunch. That's what I think, but whatever. I guess <laughs> here I am. I mean, I got nothing. I'm, no, I can't say I got nothing. I have everything you want. I am the happiest member in the world. Moving along, huh? We'll move along. We'll move along. (laughs) Torque News has a headline that reads, Elon Musk confirms Tesla FSD V12 Alpha, the final simple and elegant approach to level four autonomy. It says Musk and Tesla are taking a new approach using a single AI model that handles all aspects of driving. And I think your comment in the newsletter, more or less, is a little more information, please. Well, of course, I'd love to have more information. And I I doubt they're going to give it to me. And they don't have to. Who am I? Nobody. And, you know, this is is their intellectual property. And so, of course, I'm not going to find out. And you're thinking maybe the uh, production that's begun of of Dojo may have Well, I mean, you know, this, the way they're approaching it is, you know, it's it's not that nobody wanted to approach it that way. It's not that nobody that's in this hasn't been saying, my goodness, the way we're approaching this thing is enormously brute force. There's got to be a more elegant way. I mean, I tell my students all the time, geez, a single, you know, cell amoeba actually does collision avoidance to try to find food. How the heck does it do that? And, and in a sense, you know, what he's describing is the way we work. Okay. We get a video stream that goes in back here, and then we figure out what the heck to do, and the thing does it, and 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 we plan it and whatever, and that's what we do. We really have no idea how the heck it does it. I mean, sort of, but only barely sort of. And of course, of course you want to do it that way. But it's it's non-trivial when you consider you have input here of frame rates of bitmaps, because that's what a video is. You have a bunch of boom, 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 boom from from this point in time back in time. So that gives you the input. You know what the input is. Is if when you're going to implement this, that's what the input's going to be. But the beauty of what they also have in the videos that they capture is from this point in time, guess what they also do? They have the bitmaps going into the future. So in a sense, they can recreate situation in which the past, you know, the future. Now, the question is, is what's in this in-between that matches this past with the best of these futures? Of course you want to do it that way. Now, mathematically, analytically, to be able to find the coefficients and all that stuff, you know, is is a non-trivial thing. Maybe it must have made a breakthrough on that. 
Plus, they have apparently this dojo. I don't know. The name of their the supercomputer. Yeah, 10 to the 18th floating point instructions per second, maybe, whatever. We could maybe call it an extra supercomputer. <laughs> well, you know, what's that doing? It's trying to figure out, hey, of all the stuff we have in here, what makes this? Give us that. Okay. We can figure that out. We got it. Because you, you, you know what you saw. You know what you put into it, your controls. You know what it did. And you know also the controls that you put in for future. That does the recognition, that does the control, that does the whole, of course. But every, you know, people have known this for, you know, more than a while, okay? Problem is implementing it, you know, and there are details of how they, maybe they figured it out. While we're on the subject of Elon, Alan, last night, uh, a SpaceX Falcon Heavy launched the Hughes Jupiter 3 mission into orbit. Just, uh, it's becoming so routine. Well, you know, Falcon Heavy isn't that routine. I think this right. was what the fifth one or something like that. So it's not that routine, I suppose. Well, Falcon the success, nine. the success rate, I guess, is what I was alluding. To. Well, yeah, you know, they they did scrub the day before at uh, one minute five seconds before launch, and you know, and they had a Falcon Nine. They scrubbed five seconds before launch, you know, last week. The talk about precision and talk about safety and talk about execution, I mean, it's phenomenal. And I think that this is what GM Cruise and, and Waymo have accomplished with, with driverless operation in San Francisco. That's why, you know, it came out last week and, and yeah, or two weeks ago or whatever and just said, I, you know, I just think, I think they really have passed the Turing proof of technology test. And, and our our new friend, the uh, uh, taxi cab driver, I mean, uh, corroborates <laughs> it. So I mean, love it. Right. But 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 the 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 ability to you know the to execute to put together a team of people that are that must be so focused on making sure as best they can, even though nobody can forecast the future that the thing will work and not be an embarrassment and not say oh we didn't we didn't identify the object as a person therefore we hit it i mean how could how could how could uber ever even say such a thing i mean and then blame the the poor woman who, whatever, I'm just unbelievable. Anyway, <laughs> GM. I, I, I must, I must admit, I certainly enjoyed watching it last night. It right. was, and and if you haven't, you should watch it. And then the the the, the boost back, uh, the, the burn, and and the landing, uh, simultaneous landing to the two uh, um, the side boosters. Um, like watching a ballet, it, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. It's just phenomenal. In the end, it, it's it's easier than, than than 
than the task that Uber was trying to do simply because, you know, you, you, could, you control a lot of the external environment. It is, most of it is basically F equals MA, you know, it's physics as opposed to psychology and, and human psychology and human intervention, which is really tough. GM is launching a new consumer education program called Hands-Free Eyes On, it's designed to elevate uh, confidence in advanced driver assistance systems like their Super Cruise. And I'm going to be talking to the company in, in the coming week about this a little bit. So, and maybe yeah, we'll have I, them on the podcast as well. I, I think I think we need a, a real education on that, and and I, I applaud GM for doing it. It's it needs education, in a sense, more than hands free. I think you you need you need to have your feet somewhere near where they can hit the brake. Okay, because in most of these things, the last thing you want to do is turn the steering wheel. I think. Okay, I, you know, we'll get in an argument or whatever, because, you know, if I'm not, all of a sudden I turn the steering wheel and I flip the car and die. What I should do is hit the brake. And in fact, they should have systems in there that really work that hit the brake. Uber didn't hit the brake. Okay. And as and they go along, ed educating the consumers about what these systems can do and can't do, can't do is maybe especially important. Um, Absolutely, and you have to educate them. But all, on the things that they can't do, really, come on, GM, put it in the system and do it. And don't be afraid to do it. And you can start putting the brake on a little bit early. So you don't have to jam it in case it really is something it could be a false alarm it could be a false positive but at least you know slow down a little and why are you letting people drive so fast The systems are there that could work, that could stop all that. We've talked about it. Uh, We've talked about it. We've nauseum. talked about it. And really, I think, I think, you know, they're appealing to some tale of some distribution of some people who just want to, whatever, let them go to their insurance companies, get insurance that insures them against misbehavior, and let them go out and misbehave. Well, maybe not, because they're probably going to kill me in the process, so I shouldn't say that. But for the rest of the distribution of your customers, help them. Don't be afraid to break, put on the brakes. And do it early so you don't have to just, you know, like it's the end of the world. All of these, essentially all of these crashes have a timeline that leads up to the crash. You don't have to wait until it's 1.6 seconds the collision. You can, you know, cool it a little. It'll add three seconds to the whole trip if you're wrong. Cut it out. Finally, Andrew Hawkins in The Verge reports 
driverless car legislation is still stuck in neutral in the US, no sign of progress. And this has been going on, I think he points out for half a dozen years or so. Well, uh, okay, so get me in trouble again, Fred. You know. <laughs> well, you put it. Yeah, but, but, but look, look, you know, you get to build 5,000 vehicles. If you can't do it, if you're a wannabe and can't do it, you know, you don't even want to build 5,000 vehicles. Because guess what? You're not going to build a, build a business out of it. So right now, there are only two people that can do it. Waymo and Cruz. They're the only two people that are drivers. Everybody who's doing the toasters running around going at 15 miles an hour or whatever, they can't even do that. So why give them an exception? <laughs> They're providing no mobility anyway. They don't need to build more than 5,000. Now the folks who can do it, who could provide mobility, pay attention to them. But guess what? They're not doing 15 miles an hour. They're providing valuable trips that, you know, might want it to go a little faster, but it's not, it's not what it was perceived in Arizona. And the problem. So, you know, it's fine. It's, it's only recent, and hopefully with the P, uh, California Public Utilities Commission giving Waymo and Cruz the, the right to go provide mobility to people affordably and have it be of high quality that is able to compete in the marketplace for its service. Now, you know, that's a wake up. Why wouldn't you let them do that? You have the head of a, a taxi entity in San Francisco saying extra safe. What are you worried about? Now's the time to do that, but not for the toasters who can't provide, who don't provide any mobility anyway and can't do it. They have a safety person, give them, make them have a steering wheel. They need it. Interesting. Well, it's going to be an interesting month coming up, August. It's not going to be the doldrums with that decision coming up. And of course, there'll be plenty yeah, of other no, goings on. That decision coming up. And then in early September, we have the Florida AV conference. And um, and then in uh, late September, in, 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 um, I guess it's in Tampa. And in late September, we have the um, uh, International Association of Taxi Regulators in um, um, in Scottsdale, and I think with Matt, we're going to. Uh, I think, I, I think we're going to try to uh, to bring out to the regulators the fact that these systems provide and can provide real mobility out there, and and the customers that they currently serve are still going to be their customers. It's not that these new mobility systems are going to steal the customers from Uber, Lyft, or taxis. Because the people that, that take Uber, Lyft, and taxis today are people, one, that can afford it, and two, you know, really get benefit out of having the personal service that a person can provide. That these systems, 
you know, really at best break even with. Okay. So they're not going to steal those customers. Right. But there are a bunch of other customers. And as we put in there, you know, 150 million of them who need about, who need a ride about a thousand times a year. And those folks aren't being served by, by the, by the Uber lifts and so on, because they can't be affordable. Why? Because the driver, driver needs to earn a, a reasonable wage. I mean, you know, in the one article or looking it up or some data on, on Lyft, I mean, Uber driver, Lyft driver, 36,000 bucks a year. I mean, that's, that's a tough wage. You know, that's an entry-level wage these days. They should be earning more. And people should pay them more. Because not only are they needed to, to drive you and give you a ride, they need to get to you. They need to wait for you. So they need to pay be paid for the time to get to you and wait for you and be there when you want to be there. And in, in many circumstances, they'll pro be providing a valuable service that, uh, at least with current technologies, that uh, driverless vehicles can't. In, in because many the person's there. Many they'll say, hi, Professor Kornheiser, can I help you with, my, with your bag? Thank you. Or Can to, or to people who do need assistance, etc. Or do need assistance right. and so on and whatever. A lot of people and some people might just prefer to have a driver, of course. So they, they're not going to lose their customers. But the opportunity now to be able to, on that supply-demand curve, where now the cost of the supply goes down. Down. All of a sudden, this is new markets. The societal benefit of being able to give a ride to somebody that otherwise stayed home or would have stayed home. That's what we're supposed to do. I think as a society, and here they can do it and probably make money. Or if they need a subsidy, the subsidy is going to be so darn low that... I think Governor Murphy will say, hey, heck yeah, or whatever other governor. That's that's the way I see it for whatever reason. But, you know, I guess everybody knows that. And they're tired of me preaching. I'm not a good preacher anyway. And huh. I think whatever. you do just fine, Alex. So uh, we do just fine. We, I certainly enjoy it. It's, it's, and it is, it is. It, it, it really is kudos to, to Waymo and Cruz, really, because to me this is a this is a key testimonial there in in um, in the standard. I I don't know. It seems to me as I try to think that if I were them, from whom would I most want a testimonial? I mean this. <laughs> It's got to be near the top. You know, some elected official that's never going to ride with you, that is just trying to get votes. Who cares? 
I mean, this is this and it's is kind of a surprise coming from the Taxi Drivers Association, isn't it? So, well, no, I mean, I think the, I think uh, thank thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. I mean, I I thank him for his honesty. He could have said, you know, I'm going to sandbag him any way I can, and you know, I'm not I'm never going to hear anything good from me. But you know. I, I thank him again. I thank him for his honesty. And on that I, note, we're going to wrap things up for this edition, Alan. Uh, yeah. uh, another great edition. And like I mentioned, we're hoping to have uh, uh, somebody from a GM joining us to, to talk about this new campaign they have in the near future. Right. And you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for spending time with us. Please continue to stay safe. And also, I think if you come to Jersey, I think there are a lot of people in Jersey, a lot of loyal customers who will honestly have a similar reaction. And if they do, I mean, then, then, then you've done the proof of market. And the touring profile, and you've got done the the uh, uh, the Caudill corollary of providing enormous societal benefit and and sustainability and all the other things that we're trying to do. And this is this is this is really good. Thing.